Man, we thank God for you today. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher with Yes and Amen News. God bless you while we get ready and enjoy the music. Amen. Amen. We are back. God bless you. All right. Can you all see my screen? Yes. Can you see my screen? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So, so we've been uh, talking about Luke here. This is, I believe, our second lesson, our third lesson, the Gospel of Luke. All right. So today we want to share uh, with you, uh, all from the perspective of overview, a understanding of the Gospel of Luke. We want to expose you to unique narratives with uh, Luke being a physician. He's very detailed that he shares. Uh, he shares uh, explicit items from the perspective of a physician. Ultimately, we, we would like to inspire you, the student, um, to look at Jesus Christ 
in new ways, referencing the diverse uh, perspectives of the gospel message and, and the synonymous gospels and how they, uh, from different viewpoints, share uh, instances of Jesus's interactions with others, his miracles, etc. So evangelism, following Christ, obedience, perseverance, and serving. In order to serve others, you have to be um, obedient to God to effectively serve others and perseverance, amen. And that means just in the place of not quitting and to keep pursuing. And everything we do is based on Jesus Christ. And then evangelism is in the area of sharing the good news with others. And so here we have Luke 9, 63. Luke 9, 63 says, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, no one, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, no one, no one, Jesus replies, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Right. Okay. Uh, who prayed last week? Was it Derek? They it was I. Last week. I thought it was me. It was no, you. it was me. All right, Yanni, could you pray, please? Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. Lord, we appreciate everything that you've done for us and everything that you will do for us in the future. And Lord, we magnify your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, let's get back to the scripture here. So repeat after me, Luke 9 and 61. Luke 9 and 61. All right, Luke 9 and 61. I mean. Oh, 62. Luke 9 and 62, excuse me. Luke 9 and 62. All right, so it says here, Jesus replied. Jesus, Jesus replied, replied. No one who puts a hand to the gospel plow. No, no one who puts, puts a hand, hand to, to the, the gospel, gospel plow. And looks back. And looks, and looks back, back. Is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Is fit for service in the kingdom of God. All right. Ultimately, what it says is, if God calls you and you have an assignment, 
and you don't follow through and you're looking back at your old life, you're looking back at the previous life, you're not fit for service, uh, referencing the kingdom of God, okay? It, it means you're reflecting on the old life and old things, okay? All right, so we're just going to pause this real quick uh, so people can, yeah, look at that and they want, if they have the, the time and the grouping to do this activity and the questions down below. All right. So today we're going to talk about how Jesus grew in his focus, and his focus was on us. Okay, so Jesus, his journey to Jerusalem, as recorded by Luke, it gives us insight into how Jesus is obsessed with his mission to seek and save the lost, okay? So Jesus, his mission was to seek and save the lost, okay? So Jesus shows great power in his uh, past. He shows great power in this passage, I guess the one we're about to read. But twice reminds people that he will be surround surrendering that power at the cross. Okay, so let's let's take a look at this and see what's being said here. So Derek, I want you to read 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. And then Yanni, you'll read 23, 24, 25, 26, and 27. All right. Okay, Luke. 19, I mean, Luke 9, 18 through 27. Okay, where, where are you at, Derek? Didn't you tell me to read 19, 19 through 22? 18. Okay. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his dis disciples were with him he asked them who do the crowds say i am they replied someone say john the baptist others say elijah and others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life but what about you he asked who do you say i am peter answered god's messiah Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things. And he rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised to life. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So here, Jesus, uh, Peter declares that Jesus is Messiah. 
Jesus predicts that he will die. And okay, Yanni, you'll go. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or for forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. All right. All right. So Jesus is sharing. Um, and it's uh, almost like a prophetic uh, message. He talks about his death. Uh, literally, he he's crucified. So, okay. Why do you think Jesus asks the disciples uh, who people say and who they say he is? Why do you think he did that, Derek? Hmm. Well, to see what I'd say to see why they follow him or why they should know. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so he, he did it to kind of see or kind of get a compass from the people that were following him, the disciples. Okay. So among other reasons, he, He's about to tell them, and it is his way of starting the conversation. All right, so, okay, okay, I can see where that happened. So why do you think Jesus does not want them to share, Yanni, that he is the Messiah, as Peter says? Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Because he doesn't want the people to treat him differently. Okay, and and probably, uh, he it wasn't the time for people to know, right? So Messiah is a common lingo meant that he could uh, rescue them from Roman oppression, right? Right. So so say say hey. I don't want you to tell anybody, right? Because then, then he'll be getting extra attention on him, right? People will be saying, "Hey, that's that's Mary's son. He's the Messiah. He's gonna save us, right?" And all those different things. Okay, so why does Jesus uh, say, uh, "What does excuse me? What does Jesus say about himself in this passage?" Why does Jesus 
what does Jesus say about himself in this passage? Derek, what does he say? Oh, whoops. Okay. Uh, so, all right, let's take a look. Did you, what happened? Uh, I accidentally muted my mic. Okay, so what were you saying? Uh, some say he's a Baptist or a prophet from a long time ago. Okay. Okay. So he says... Right, that he has to suffer, he has to be rejected, be killed, and then raised to life. Okay, but yeah, some says he was a prophet uh, or a prophet of old, and etc. Uh, so, what does Jesus say? This what does Jesus say? This means for people who want to follow him. Yanni, what did he say? He said that if you want to follow him, you have you to do what? It said that if you want to follow him, you have to give your life to him. Okay. So it's, he says you have to deny yourself, right? Right. And follow me, right? Right. Okay. Right. So it says, "Who, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Right? Correct. All right. So let's see. We're just doing the math here. Seven. Okay. Uh-oh, I put the wrong number there. Let's put 28. What about 28 there? Okay, so um, Derek, read uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Okay. All right. All right. So this time you're going to read three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So you're going to read 28 through 34. And then Yanni is going to read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. So 
So we're going to even it out a little bit more than that. Okay, so Derek, you're going to read 28 through 35. That's that's more even. And then Yanni, you'll read 36 through 34. All right, any questions? Yes. No. Okay, Luke, uh, 9, 28 through 43. All right, let's go. Um, about eight years after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with how many? How many? Days. How many years? Eight days. Oh, eight days. Eight days. Okay. Okay. About go. eight days after Jesus is after Jesus is said, this took Peter, John. Sorry. Okay. Let me restart. Okay. About eight days. Did something happen? About eight days after Jesus, after Jesus has said this, after Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said this, um, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and went up out, um, out. About. went up onto a mountain to pray as he okay. was praying the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as a became as bright as a flash of light two men Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus they spoke about his departure which which he was about to, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem Peter and his company companions were very sleepy but when they became fully awake they saw his glorious and his glory and the two men standing with him as the men were leaving Jesus Jesus Peter said to him, "One of one for you, one." Hold up! You skipped the line. You skipped the line. Peter said to him, "Master." Master. Sorry, you kept on scrolling, so I couldn't exactly see where I was reading. Uh, okay, here it is. Thank you, Master. It is good for us to be here. Let excuse me. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. <laughs> While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen to... Who I, who I have cho whom... I have chosen. Listen to him. Okay, Yanni. 
Yanni, we when can't hear you. The, when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into confusions. Convulsions. Convulsions. So that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and it is destroying him i begging your disciples to drive it out but they could not you unbelieving and perverse generation jesus said replied how long shall i stay with you and put up with you bring your son here even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convolution. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples. Okay. All right. So the boy was, the demons had him doing convulsions. So so he was demon possessed. Okay. Okay. So if you were Peter, James, and John, how would you have responded to this incredible sight of the transformation? Right. What would you do? I would be at a loss for words. Okay. Or yeah, probably mesmerized. Okay. So it would have uh, been shocking and confusing. Okay. So who do Moses and Elijah, what do Moses and Elijah speak about in verse 31, Yanni? They speak about his departure. Okay. Okay, how do you think the power Jesus displays and the transformation contrasts with this uh, remainder, reminder that 
he's going to suffer and die. How do you think the power Jesus displays in the transfiguration contrasts with his reminder that he's going to suffer and die? So you, you understand what the contrast means? Okay, how how is it that in this case, the transfiguration, how is it alike or how is it different contrast uh, with the remainder, with the reminder that he's going to die and suffer? Okay, okay who wants to answer that? Okay, I will. I'll answer that. So um, it surely is contrast. Why would someone with this kind of supernatural power choose to suffer? Right. So the the uh, contrast meaning to compare two things to talk about two things that are basically opposing in this case. So what do you think about that? He has power and he's there to do the transfiguration. Then on the other hand, uh, he's going to need to die for your sins and my sins. Okay, so right after the transfiguration, Jesus displays his power in a different way. So what does he do? God heals a boy. He feels a boy. He heals a boy that has been possessed by demons. Okay. Okay, so right after the transfiguration, Jesus displays his power in a different way. He heals the boy. Okay. So how did people respond to his healing? They were were shocked. Okay, so they were shot. So how did the people respond to this healing? Okay, so they were amazed. Okay. All right, so right after this, Jesus reminds his followers that the power that his power should not be misunderstood, right? He's not gaining a following to overthrow the government. He's not showing off to make money. He reminds them of what he has come to do. He's on a mission. What do you guys think about that? What do you think about that? Jesus being on a mission. 
I think it's interesting. Okay. Think it's interesting. How so? Because God's on a mission. He's on a mission. All right. Anything else? No. All right, good. So, all right, we have uh, Luke 9, 44 through 62. And so, Derek, you're going to read verses 44 through 53, okay? And then uh, 54 to 62, Yanni, you're going to read that verse. Okay, you ready? Go. So 44 through 53? Yes. Okay. Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to, deliver, to be delivered into the hands of men. Hmm. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them. So that so that they do did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. And an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you, all who is the greatest. Master, said Philip, we saw someone driving driving out oh, demons. Hold on. hold on. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. We saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For whatever is not against you is for you. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely, res resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on, on ahead who went into a Samar Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Okay. All right, Yanni. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, the Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, 
but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay. All right. How was that? That's a great. Okay. So Jesus says that he will be delivered into the hands of man. Derek, so how do his followers respond in verse 45 and 46? How do his followers respond? And let, let's make sure. Verses 45 and 46. They were a bit confused. Say it again, Derek. They were confused. And this is also when the disciples started questioning who would be who would be best or who would fit best for the strongest okay. disciple. So they were worried about power, who's gonna get what, right? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. So, Yanni, how does Jesus respond to their selfish uh, uh, arguments? What does he say? He reminds them that anyone who follows him cannot look back. Okay. Okay. And ultimately, he did say that. Um so he reminds them also as well to be like children, right? That humility makes makes you great, right? Right. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. We're having some matrix moments. Okay. So... What do you make? What do you make of the fact that Jesus uh, resolutely set out for Jerusalem? So, what do you think? So Jesus was on a mission. He was focused in on doing absolutely everything that God revealed to him centered around 
the mission for his life to be complete, okay? So Jesus was busy about the business of his mission and purpose. So with different people approaching approaching to follow him, how does Jesus how does Jesus challenge each of them? Well, you well um basically when some people said they had to warn they had to at least tell their families that they'd be out he said well either put god first or your family okay all right so he did he did which one was that Okay. The farmer, I believe. Okay, because okay, he says God to go bury somebody, right? So with yes. different people approaching him to follow him, how does Jesus challenge each of them? Okay, you, you mentioned about the farmer. So he reminds them of the sacrifice required, right? It's a sacrifice. To follow after Jesus, it is a sacrifice. Some things you deny yourself and you follow Christ. Okay? Yes. So, Yanni, what is the, his demand in Luke 9 and 62? What is he asking or demanding? He's saying that he's telling on no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay. So Lot's wife, as she was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, what did she do? She looked back. And when she looked back, what happened? Did she find gold when she looked back? No. Did he did she get a measure of silver? No. No. But what nothing. happened? She was she was turned to what? A pillar of salt, right? Right. So God wants us in the moment and in the place that he called us to. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay, so, all right, we already answered those questions, didn't we? Uh, okay, so Jesus is the model and modeling at this very moment the same thing he is requiring from you and I. Jesus is given more of himself and He's expecting us to give more of ourselves. He set the example for us, okay? He is resolute in his approach to Jerusalem. All he's asking is that 
we are as devoted to him as he is to us. Are there moments where where you feel like you let God down and you're not as devoted as you thought you should have been? Just think about it. You don't have to answer that question, but think about it. All right, let's go here then. We already went, kind of went through that. Okay, so despite all the miracles, Jesus came for a purpose, and that is to die for our sins. Okay, he came, the main purpose was to die for our sins. I'm going to say that again. The main purpose of Jesus is that he came to die for our sins. Okay, so most believers acknowledge this, but a challenging question we must ask ourselves is this. Do we live, live our lives to serve him? I'm going to say it again. Do you live your life to serve Christ? You live your life as a servant of God. Do you? Can you identify what your life's purpose is? What's your life's purpose? What do you think it is? To serve God. Okay, that's part of it. But but what about sharing with others, giving testimony about others and, and how good God is in your life? Right? To be greatest, we must become servant first. Okay? So do you think Jesus being resolute to fulfill his mission an example to us, do you think Jesus being resolute in fulfilling his mission is an example uh, to us? Excuse me. You think yes. what Jesus did? Okay. Excuse me. Wow. Okay, let's take a look at this scripture. So it costs us everything to follow after him. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. Okay. Derek, you're going to read 57, 58, and 59. Then, Yana, you're going to read 60, 61, and 62 of Luke 9, 57 through 62. I can't hear you if you're reading, Derek. Oh. Um, as they were walking along the road, 
A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Okay, Yanni, you're next. You're muted. Are you? Yeah, you're muted. Now we oh. can hear you now. Oh, sorry. Dad, you, could you repeat the question? I didn't hear you. Okay, we need you to read verses 60, 61, and 62. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, wait, I already read 60, 61, and 62. Okay. Okay. You read it earlier, but read it again. I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. Oh, God. Okay. How does Jesus challenge the first person who said he will follow him wherever he goes? What does Jesus say? What did he reply with? He said, the son of God has no place to lay his head. Okay. Okay, so the foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Okay. So when Jesus invites a second person to follow him, what excuse does that man offer how does Jesus respond, Derek? Um, what was his excuse? He had to go bury his um, uh, father. Okay. So, what do you think about that? That's, you know, wow. So what excuse does the third man give? Okay, what was the second man? Okay, what does the third man give? What excuse does the third man give? How does Jesus reply to him? He said that he has to go say goodbye to his family. Okay. And God said no one who puts the plow 
puts a hand to the plow and looks back for service in the kingdom. Okay, okay. So, how would you summarize these objections uh, to follow Jesus? You think it's a, a difficult thing and, and they didn't weigh the cost? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, there's a huge cost to follow Jesus. Um, and so from this context, we're looking at our spiritual devotion, our personal time with God, our one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, right? Uh, we we know that ultimately, if if there's someone that you have to bury, God understands that you have to do that, right? If there's a family member that you need to say goodbye to, you can do that. The concern would be you're offering up excuses not to study your Bible, excuses not to pray, excuses not to be seen in the house of God and fellowshipping among active believers, right? Your heart, your heart is far removed, right? I mean, if it's in your heart, you, you already have the priority that God is first, right? And so you'll, you can operate from that point of view. It's overall what's in your heart, but these the context of these questions with the answers, they were making up excuses, you know, not to follow Christ or not to, you know, hey, I get up early. Uh, when I get up, I'm sleepy or, hey, I get up. I don't have time to pray because I got to get into work or, right? So so you got to put first things first and God has to be first on your list, okay? So this is, a question for everyone who wants to be a disciple. How much do you value the person of Jesus? Okay, I want you to think about that. How much do we believe in the mission of Jesus? How willing are we to sacrifice to join him in this mission? And I'm, I'm simply talking about just getting trained up, right? We're not talking about hey, uh, there's a group of youth. I want you to share a Bible study with them, right? That, that's your peer group, right? Or, or et cetera. Those things cost, okay? Can you identify the things that take priority over your pursuit to Jesus in your life? And what are they? Any Anything... Anything, Yanni or Derek, both of you can't answer that. Well, in order to live in this world, you have to have a good education, money. You have to have a job. Okay. Probably a companion. Okay, a companion. Well, what most humans use these days including what we're exactly using right now, is technology. Entertainment. Okay. So do you place those technologies, those things above God? Are they beneath 
beneath your your feet. Beneath. Okay, that's the textbook answer. Uh, but is it easy to set aside time for God when when your body yeah. says no and that there's other agendas? Right? Yes, it's usually easy. So if you were in a conversation with Jesus, Yanni, how do you think he responds to our protests? I don't think he would would care about the protest. He would remind us that nothing uh -oh. is over him. Okay, that nothing should be over him. Okay, nothing should be over him. Okay, so so when you realize that Jesus was resolute in his efforts to save us, how are you inspired to be resolute in your efforts to serve him? Are you resolute in your efforts to serve Christ? Or are you like, hey, you know, whatever? Or are you are you consistent? And your your relationship is showing forth in God. That's that's something. To think about, right, it's something to work through. Correct. Oh, it is. Uh... Something you really should be thinking about mainly. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge. But you have to stick with it and you can't look back. You can't look back on your past um and and on those areas. Uh, that would, would cause you to digress. Uh, God is depending on you to share the gospel of the good news, okay? So I don't know what's stopping us from really a closer relationship with Jesus, but I want you to examine your life and examine what it is that you're doing. And if there's an area that's keeping you uh, from being resolute and absolute with God through Jesus Christ, you got to get rid of it, okay? Whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, uh, the, the pursuit of same uh, sex relationships, uh, all those things are contrary to what God wants and they go against his his mandate for the assignment over your life and so you're mandated to make yourself available in your reasonable service before god okay any questions nope okay great lesson today father we thank you for today we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy father god cover us watch over us and protect us as we are um, about our day, Lord God, in my home in Arizona. 
that the angels encamped around about it. We thank you, Lord God, that every area, every crack, every crevice, every open door is covered by the blood of Jesus. Every open area uh, that the enemy might come in and attack, it's covered up. It, it, the enemy has to retreat and go, Father God, and, and from the home and Augusta, Lord God, that you cover us, protect us the same, Father God. So we thank you for today. We thank you for all of your promises, Father God. We declare, hallelujah, a blood ring covering around our domicile and that paperwork and documents are being generated for appropriate signatures and coverage. And so we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher. I want to take this time out to say God bless you. We love you. And we look forward to fellowshipping with you again in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God.